a spirit of murder in the church. It attacks an individual, like I said, and then it destroys the move of God's spirit. Well, it's not going to destroy this church. I, I won't tolerate it. I will not tolerate it. If it's left unattended to, if it's left unattended to, it can destroy and it can even shut down the whole church. How many of you guys have ever seen or heard of such a thing happen? Power of God is moving so beautifully. God healing, miraculous healing, you know, signs and wonders, deliverance, all that, all of the above. And then something comes in, some wicked spirit comes in, some spirit of anger comes in, some spirit of division comes in, some spirit of sabotage comes in, some divisive spirit comes in, some competitive spirit comes in, and it just takes a toll on the whole church and no one does anything to do about it. They don't do a thing. They don't do a thing. Well, that's not what's going to happen in this church. Because the Lord has shown me a long time ago. Remember, when I raised my children, uh, it was the spirit of the living God. And I would see things uh, that needed to be addressed. And I didn't overlook and look beyond the elephant in the room. And how I raised my family and my children is how I pastor this church. I love you too much to leave things undone, undone. I love you too much to not address the things that need to be addressed in your lives. And it's true. It comes from a place of love. But it does come a place of we need to hear the word and when correction is needed, correction needs to be received. Why am I bringing this message? There was something that happened recently. There's something that happened and it just caused a whole, it caused a ricochet. It caused, you know when there's a ricochet, one person reacts in the flesh and then it releases something in the room. It releases a spirit in the room. And what happened was when that spirit was released, someone else really, it, it came on someone else. And they too walked in a spirit that's not of God. And what happened from there? It was released again another time until someone says what? Enough! The blood of Jesus is against you, Satan. You will not be allowed to have your way in my church. This is the church that God has called, called, called me to pastor. This is the church that God has called me to stand behind this pulpit. And you better believe that I'm going to address if there's a snake in the grass. Have I addressed the individuals? You better believe I have. Has there been consequences? Yes, where it was necessary. This is not about making someone feel bad. It is about recognizing this. There's a spirit. You can say, I'm sorry, but that doesn't mean the spirit wasn't released. You can say, I'm sorry, but that doesn't mean that the spirit that was released, it has not, has, has been stopped. And that spirit that has been released has been stopped. You know what I'm talking about. Because when you get into a fight or an argument, let's just say with your wife, your husband, and you don't want to hear it, and you're upset. You're upset at something that they're saying. What you're oozing out is the, the anger. You're oozing out division. You're oozing out, you're, you, you're oozing out every demonic thing. You're not, you're not giving out the spirit of God. And if there's not a mature individual in that marriage, then they retaliate. And what happens? It becomes this fight back and forth, back and forth. And who is, who's having a heyday but Satan himself? Who's having a heyday? Satan is having a heyday. He's the one laughing. He's the one pointing the fingers. He is the one that is, is, just, is just basically leading you like a pawn in his hands until somebody wakes up and truly repents. Not just from lip service, but truly repents. You know, it's so important that we understand that anger undealt with and anger that's, that's intense and deep-seated 
is actually a spirit of murder. And I'm going to read that to you in a moment. I am going to take my time today because I expect every single person to hear and receive something for themselves that they need to receive so that they will change. Because I'm telling you right now, when we're transparent before God, when we're transparent before God and we allow him to humble ourselves, when we allow him to, to, to speak to us and then we humble ourselves before him, when we do that, that's the best day of your life. Amen. Because from that point, everything can change Amen. personally for you. For our church, there's going to be a huge increase. I'll tell you right now because I already trampled upon the snake and that scorpion. But I knew I needed to be addressed publicly because this was a public thing. So it needed to be addressed publicly. When something is a public thing, it needs to be addressed publicly. There doesn't need to be names and there doesn't need to be specifics. It's a spirit that I'm after. It's a spirit. And it's not the Holy Spirit. So God is cleaning up the church. Do we know that? We've been saying, I've been saying this for a long time. God is cleaning up the church. And we know that it starts with us. Repentance starts at home. Repentance starts with us. We must be people that are willing to repent. We must be people that are willing to say, Lord, search my heart. What's going on in this situation? And for the individuals that I'm referring to, they did that. They did that. If they didn't do that, there'd be a whole other story. Then we have a hardness of heart. But they did that. But for us, as a teaching, right, we must first say, Lord, show me my heart. I want to search my own heart. Show me where there is ought against you. Show me where there is a stubborn spirit. Show me. Show me, Lord, because I want to lay that down. It's vital. It's vital that we stand as a church, that we stand against the wiles of the devil. The more that the Spirit of God moves in the way he's been moving, the more the opportunity to take the Satan's bait is present. The more, the more miracles and healings, the more people that come, the more things that God is doing, the more the opportunity Satan will lay before us to take his bait. How, do, how does it happen? When you get squeezed? When you get squeezed, what comes out? Because if Jesus, I heard somebody say Jesus, if Jesus doesn't come out when you get squeezed and something else comes out, that is in that area you need healing. When, how do you know if you need healing? When you get squeezed, when the pressure is on and you react in a way that you're not proud of, you need healing in that area. I'm just trying to make it as plain as I can make it right now. When you, when the pressure comes and something is out of your comfort zone and you don't like what just happened, and instead of reacting with Jesus, you, you react. You overreact. In that area, you need healing. Because in that area, there's some place that perhaps you were violated as a child. Perhaps something happened, but there's a wounding there that has not truly been addressed. Not fully. Hasn't been healed. Not fully. It may be partially healed and it also may be masked, but it needs to be healed because right there, God was showing you there's an area here that needs to be dealt with because your response was not of God. Are we all following right now? So what happens when something like this, let's go back to the parent, the husband, wife situation. You know, let's say your kids are in the room in the house, right? Every person in the sphere of that argument just got slimed. They may have not said a word to you, but they walked with this film of, oh, 
this heaviness, like, I don't like that. And if they don't know what to deal, do with it and how to deal with it, they walk around for days with the spirit of oppression. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You've been there, right? You've been on that end where you were witnessed, you had witnessed something, and, you, and it grieved your heart. Or maybe you were on the, on the end of being being uh, bullied, or maybe you were the bully, but it grieved your heart. And for days, what is that? The argument was over. There was forgiveness. There was repentance. Why am I still feeling like this? That is a spirit that has now come to attack you, to try to make matters worse. That is a spirit that you have to deal with. You have to dress and recognize, wow, this sliming, this feeling, this oppression is not of God and I command it to go. If you don't allow it to go, command it to go, it will continue to have its way in you and it will continue to have its way in your family. I'm using the family structure right now as an example, right? It will continue to have its way in your family if you let it. And you all know when you walk into a room and somebody is upset, when someone's angry in the room, they don't have to say a word, you know they're angry. Something is released. You know anger can be transferred. Anger can be transferred, just like when we, we pray and re people receive the power of the Holy Ghost, that's being transferred. Anger can be transferred. We don't want to be transferring anger. We don't want to be transferring jealousy. We don't want to be transferring, we don't want to be transferring a competitive, rebellious spirit. And I know you don't either, but these are things that we need to recognize. Lord, in any area of my walk, you know, if I'm squeezed and that's what comes out, then I need healing. And I'm asking you to touch me right now in that area, right? Hallelujah. When you lose self-control and you operate from a spirit of anger, you, you release the spirit of murder in the house. Think about Cain. Cain killed Abel, right? Cain killed Abel after, oh, I mean, over a quarrel of a sacrifice to God. The argument was about the sacrifice to God, and he went and killed his brother because of it, because he couldn't see his own fault, because he justified his actions. Anger always has justification, justify. They justify. Well, it's because. Well, what if? And, it's, and if this would have just. No, anger is anger. And anger is a secondary emotion, and it's actually masking what's really going on, which is why you need to actually get to what's really going on. And most of the time, it's fear. Most of the time, it's abandonment. Most of the time, it's rejection. I'll tell you what, I've counseled a lot of people. Most of the time, it's fear, it's abandonment, it's rejection at the very core root of the anger. At the very core root of the anger most of the time some kind of a violation that produced that fear that produced produced that rejection that produced that that uh, abandonment it doesn't make it right your reaction your negative reaction is wrong and that's what we're dealing with I'm saying it just shows you that you need some help it just shows you you need some help hallelujah so in the house of God we have to be and in our I say the house of God this is the house of God right yeah. but in in reality, we are the house of God. Yeah. So when I say in the house of God, I yes, I mean the building that we are in, but I mean everywhere you go yeah. because you are the house of God. Amen. In the house of God, your temple, who you are, in the house of God, there should, should never be any, any words that come out of your mouth that would actually not glorify the spirit of the living God. There should never be something that would grieve the Holy Spirit. When we walk in the flesh, we grieve the Holy Spirit. And that is walking in the flesh. 
When, re when we react and we are reactive, we are grieving the spirit of the living God within us, and, we, and that does grieve him, and it quenches him too. It quenches him. We are not called to walk in that way. You're not called to be common. You're called to walk holy. So that means you have a, a high mandate to walk holy as the Lord says. In James 1, 19 and 20, we can put that scripture up. James 1, 19 and 20. It says there, for let every man be swift to hear. In other words, be quick to hear, be quick to listen, be slow to speak and slow to become angry, slow to wrath, slow to become angry because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Anger is something, you know, people will hear, you'll hear anger management classes, right? And I'm not at all for anger management classes because we don't want to manage our anger. It's a spirit and you need to get delivered from it. Amen. You need to be delivered from a spirit of anger. Amen. Anger is a spirit and it's a spirit of murder. And you need to be delivered from the spirit of murder, not managing it. You don't want to reshuffle it and put it in this compartment so that 15 years from now when something happens or 10 years from now or two weeks from now when something happens all of a sudden you were squeezed too tight and it felt uncomfortable and so you reacted again. And then you put a bandaid on it again and then time goes by until again. We don't want that. We don't want to manage anger. We want to deal with the spirit and command the spirit to leave. Are we all following? Yes? And a lot of it is generational. Many times it's a generational spirit. And you don't even know why you react in the way you react, but you just know that it's a spirit that's being released and, and you just react and you don't know why. But we're going to deal with that today. We are going to deal. And my prayer is that every, every ear is listening today. And every heart is responsive today to hearing and to seeing what God is doing. Because I'm telling you, you can walk out of this room today without that spirit of anger, which is a spirit of murder. You can walk out of this room without it. I believe that 100%. Anger, greed, and pride, they go hand in hand. Where you find one, you find the other. Anger, greed, and pride. It goes hand in hand. I am going to read to you from, uh, let's see, where am I? First Timothy. First Timothy and in chapter three. First Timothy and chapter three. This is qualifications of an overseer. That means those that serve God. So whether you're a pastor, whether you are whether you are someone that just serves God, you're a servant. We're all servants of the Lord, right? We're all servants of the Lord. So like a deacon, like a minister, a servant of the Lord whether in here it talks about a bishop, which is like an overseer and like an elder, but someone that's accountable before God. Yeah. Do you know that we're all accountable before God, right? Amen. And don't give me, well, I'm not in the fivefold ministry, so this doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It does. But for those that are called to ministry in the fivefold ministry, more is expected of you. And the Bible says, don't be so quick to be a teacher. Don't be so quick to be teaching because you're going to be held accountable for every word you say that's not of God. Don't be so quick. Right? So let's look at 1 Timothy 3. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, which is like I said, an overseer or an elder, he desires a good work. It's a good work to want to do something like that. A bishop must then be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate. That means not easily given over to anger. Sober-minded, 
a, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not given to violence, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, but covetousness. And the word greed jumped out. The word greed. And I want to I I show you something about the word greed. Because the word greed, obviously, you want what you don't have. Right? You want what you don't have. You're, it's greed. You're greedy for something you want. You've got your eyes set on something. You may not be verbalizing that, but it's still happening in your heart. And the actions prove it. You're wanting something you don't have. There's greed there. You know that when there is greed there between two individuals, whether it be in your home life or whether it be in the church, when there is greed there, you look at somebody else's position and you are agitated and there is, there's jealousy. When there's greed there, there's no agreement. I want you to think about relationships in either in your own family or in the church. There's greed. You know that because there's no agreement. There's no agreement. You hold the relationship at bay. Is this hitting home? Where to walk. How can two walk together unless they are agreed? Right? The Bible tells us how can two walk together unless they are agreed. But you and I both know you can go into churches and they'll overlook it all. They're not going to call you to the carpet, but we do at this church because I love you too much. And because we're going someplace that, you know what, the holiness of God is being released. And if the holiness of God is being released in the increments that it is, there is no room for sin. Honestly. You think of the rebellion at Korah? There is no room for this. There's no room for that. Fire coming down, earth being split open, swallowing people even alive because of rebellion, because of rebellion against authority. Oh, you better believe it. There's no room for that. God calls you to be a vessel of honor. God calls us to be vessels of honor. Do you know that the Bible says that those that are called to ministry, and I'm referring to an office gift, are actually, they're, they're, they're gifts to the body. They're gifts to the body. What are you doing to honor the gift that God has brought before your eyes? Instead of dishonoring, you know, I, I talk to people and I'm amazed at what I hear I'm amazed at how people will dishonor the very individual that God has placed in their life to speak to them and to raise them up. And instead of honoring, there's a dishonor. Instead of honor, there's a dishonor. Do you know what happens when you dishonor somebody that God says in the word of God that they are vessels of honor? They're ministry gifts. You're dishonoring that which God says you are to honor. And when you dishonor, whether it's a tone of voice, whether it's something you say, and trust me, this happens you are actually reaping. You will reap what you sow unless you get it right. You're going to reap what you sow unless you get it right. But we're going to get it right. We're going to get it right. The Bible says, give honor to where honor is due. Like I said to you in the beginning, I'm not coming to you today as a, past, as a pastoral position. I'm coming to you from the office of a prophet and from the office of an apostle because that is what is needed to clean up the church. I've already done the pastoral thing and I've already talked to the individuals that needed to be spoken to. We've already prayed and it's done. But the spirit that was released in this room, I cannot overlook. Amen. The division that was released in this room, I will not overlook. I have not been in ministry this long to just overlook things. I have not raised my family like that. Amen. And I hope you haven't either. 
Because if you overlook things that need to be addressed, if you got someone, let's just make it very plain, you got someone smoking pot in your house and you're allowing it, what are you doing? You can smell it. You become under the influence. But you allow it? Oh, it happens all the time. You think God's pleased with that? You think your anointing's not being robbed? You think that you're not receiving less because you're tolerating what God says is sin? It's an intolerable? So we have to recognize, yeah, I believe God is going to bring us to levels that we have not even imagined. They haven't even imagined. There's so great. So I fully believe that, fully. And I believe that God has brought amazing men and women of God to this church. I've got a, a great pastoral team. I've got wonderful servants of the Most High God. They're all on the ministry team. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for each one of you that come and, and have made this your home and those that are, are making decisions to make this your church home and those that sometimes come as, and, as a visitor. We love you all. But wherever you find as your home, church, it is important that you honor the vessel that God has put in the pulpit and that you honor one another because in doing so you honor God when you honor the vessel that God has placed in the pulpit and you by not speaking rude don't be back talking to your pastor your prophet apostle whoever it is that is in this church I don't tolerate that there is no way I will address you right away and some of you know what I'm talking about they're being quiet right now. It's because you know what? Love speaks. Do I not say that all the time? Love yeah. speaks. Because I love, I'm going to speak and I'm going to address whatever needs to be addressed. Because if I didn't address it, what would be the difference between someone smoking pot in the house and me just looking the other way? Just looking the other way. And not, I'll just pray about it. I'll just pray about it. You better pray about it, but you also better drop. You better also do something about it. You better chop the head off that demon because it's going to go through that whole house like a serpent. And it's going to destroy everyone, including you, because you come under the deception. Yes. You come under a deception. You know, even this morning, someone called me. They, um, they, they uh, were on Instagram, and they, they said that they had something. Uh, they needed healing. Oh, their skin. It was a skin issue. And um, so she, she private messaged me afterwards. And she said that in, in, when she private messaged me, she called me. And um, she said that her skin issue has been going on for like months, and she doesn't know why. Immediately. I said, turn your phone on. I said, turn your phone on. I, I need to see your face. So she turned her phone on. I saw her face. I said, do you smoke marijuana? And she goes, and she had glasses on and everything. She's just, she was driving. And I said, and she said, yeah, she goes, I do sometimes because of the pain. I said, that's your problem. Oh, it's quiet in this church. Oh, it's quiet in this church. She loves God. She serves God. At least I think so. I don't know her, but I think so. I'm pretty sure. But it doesn't matter. There are many Christians. I know them. You probably do too. They love God. They serve God. But yet, they're at home lighting up their joint. They're at home eating the brownies. Hmm. They're at home with their pipes. 
They're at home with their e-cigs, and it has marijuana in it. Come on. And the church stays asleep, and the church doesn't address it, and the church says nothing? Uh-huh. Because half of, a lot of the churches, the pastor itself is doing the same old, same old. Can you believe it? But he is. And I've heard of it. I've heard of this. This is horrible. Amen. Wrong. And I sure hope somebody's convicted right now. Yeah. Because when we're convicted, we have an opportunity to change. If our hearts get hardened, we continue to press on and we lack. We lack. And fellowship with the Holy Spirit is broken. Marijuana is a drug. I don't care what people say. It is addictive. Yeah. It is a crutch. And is the spirit of pharmacia. Yeah. It is a spirit of pharmacia. It is witchcraft. And I don't care what you say. It is an entry road to more. I've heard all the arguments. Remember, I've raised four kids. I've heard all the arguments. You wonder why I'm so passionate about it. But it's these little things that people think they're little. They're not little. And so I said to her, do you smoke marijuana? And she sheepishly said, yes, sometimes, for the pain. She says, just, I don't do it every day. I don't do it just for the high, just to get high. I do it for the pain. I said, no, you have, let, you have allowed demons to enter into your mind. You have allowed demons to enter into your mind, and now you are controlled by a spirit of pharmacia, and you think you're okay, but yet you've got all this pain. No, no, it's wrong. And I said, you need to repent. I said, are you willing to give it up? She says, I am willing to give it up. Total stranger. She goes, I'm willing to give, I am willing to give it up. I said, praise God. I said, so I'm going to have you pray right now. So she prayed. She repented of it. She, you know, we commanded the spirit of pharmacia to leave her, commanded to, broke off, to be loosed off of her and to, and to break off of her. And um, she said, I felt something leave me. She says, I felt something go. And, I, and she goes, I feel like I just, and, I, and I, it was literally like I was already running late. It was right, this is morning. And I said, okay. I said, praise God for that. I said, I actually really do need to run. I only called, I allowed this phone call because I, I knew from the Spirit of the Lord she was desperate and I needed to strike when the iron was hot. And I said, okay, we did that, but let me tell you something. I go, you need more. I, and she goes, I do. She goes, I feel like I just need to repent. I feel like I just need to get on my knees and really ask God to forgive me. Is that not the most beautiful thing? Yeah. She goes, I really feel like I just want God to cleanse me and to wash yeah. me. She goes, I'm going to spend some time today doing that. She goes, would you please call me tonight so we can just finish whatever needs to be done? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Cleaning up the church. Church needs to be cleaned up. You need to be able to call something on the carpet when you see it, when you've got to be able to call it out. You've got to, you got to be, realize this is greed. Greed is the opposite of agreeing. We don't agree. That's not an agreement with the Spirit of God. So greed is, I want this. I can't, God, I don't believe you. I don't trust you for healing me. So, so I need to do this. This is idolatry. I, I need to have this instead. I believe this is going to help me. No, it's not, but it'll open up demonic doors for you. You know, and, and I don't, don't think you want that. But, but instead, it's, it's idolatry and it's a form of rebellion you know all of these things we need to recognize God is not pleased he is not pleased yeah. when the church Amen. 
allow this. When you've got youth groups that are allowing their, their kids on break to go and smoke their e-cig that's filled with marijuana and, and the church is okay with it because they're youth and they expect it from the youth. Wrong. Wrong. Deception. That is deception. Hallelujah. So in this message that, you know, the Lord has had brought to me to share today, back to the story of what I was saying, when that, when that angry spirit was released and it was ricocheted to a few people and many were slimed by it. Yes, we dealt with it. Of course, we dealt with it, right? But it cannot be allowed. You have to make a decision in your heart to say, I am not going to allow that. I don't care what I feel on the inside. If God has appointed you to be a janitor, then a janitor is what you're doing. And you're going to do it with a whole heart of gratitude. If God has appointed you to be the parking lot attendant, then you're going to be the parking lot attendant and you're going to have the joy of the Lord. When you're striving for a position, when you're striving for something else, or when you're frustrated because things are changing and you don't want that, that's wrong. You know what's good? When you know what's good is a changing church. You know what's good is when people don't sit in the same seat all the time. You know what is good is when things change because you don't get into a rut. You don't get into a rut. When we get into ruts, we think we own this. And that, my friend, starts the road to destruction. That's not good. It's a rut. You know, God appoints, but God also disappoints. He doesn't disappoint you, but he dis-removes uh, from an appointment. Just think about King Saul. Right? King Saul was removed from his position. So... But I believe that the Lord would have had him stay in that position had his heart been right, had his heart changed. It's always about the heart, you guys. It is always about the heart. Thank you, Jesus. You know, to me, I see, I see anger, the spirit of murder. Like I said, pride and greed and anger, they all go together. And there's more. There's more. But Jesus picked Judas, right? Jesus picked Judas, and he became a traitor because he didn't deal with the greed in his heart. He didn't deal. When we don't deal with the greed, with the anger, with the jealousy, with the competitiveness in our heart, when we don't deal with these things, God always gives us an opportunity to deal with them, right? Thank God he's gracious. He's long-suffering. He gives us a time to do that. But I'll tell you, we have to be able to deal. We must deal with these things because if not, it's going to bite you. It's going to rob from you. Like I said, Judas hung himself. Saul, King Saul, right? He was destroyed and murdered. But first, he was taken. He was taken off of his position. God removed him. Right now, some of you guys are feeling, man, there's that area in my life that I kind of want the Lord to touch right now because whatever is not exposed, God has given you time to deal with. If something is not exposed, God has given you time to deal with it in private. When we don't deal with these things in private, after a certain amount of time, there comes that time where it becomes a public issue. I really doubt people want it to become a public issue. The Bible talks about it, though. 
They don't hear. One person goes. You're offended. You go. They don't hear. Bring two people. They don't hear. Eventually, they have to bring it before the church. It becomes a public issue. Right? Nobody wants that. This is not about shaming. Nobody wants that. But it really is about walking correctly before the Lord. Knowing that we're accountable before God. So I'm going to give you a few scriptures about anger, and then I'm going to tell you how um, anger is a spirit of murder. So in Proverbs 25, 28, anger is exposed by a lack of self-control. It says this, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Think about a city. It's broken into and it's left without walls. That city is now open prey, right? There's no walls. Like, I know we don't have walls around our city, so to speak, anymore. But when you think about, like, you know, even when you just think about, even in medieval times, and, you know, the walled castles, and, and, and just when you think about in the times past, the walls were to keep out though the enemy inv- invaders, right? The walls were supposed to keep out the enemy, right? But, but the word says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. We don't want that. So anger is exposed by a lack of self-control. When you see a lack of self-control, you know that, that, that anger is there. Rule your spirit. It is our job. Somebody say this with me. It is my job to rule my spirit. No rule over your own spirit equals a city broken down without walls, like your life broken down without walls. God's protection is gone, and that's when the thief comes. Do you know you can fall out of favor? We, we talk about favor being for a lifetime, and it is. But when you walk in the flesh, you have actually, uh, you've actually denied yourself what God actually never took away. You walk away. God never doesn't give something and take it back, but we can walk away from it. So when I say you can come out of favor, that doesn't mean because God removes his favor. It means you've walked away from it. And sin does that. I sure hope you're hearing me right now. Proverbs 16, 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit, he who rules his spirit, then he he who takes a city. Then he who takes a city. We're going to wait for a moment right now. Let the Spirit of the Lord right now just minister to you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Are you willing to hear the word of God and change? And walk according to his word. Amen. So we have to let go of anger because you know what? Anger ties you to your past. God is, we know the Bible says not to look to the past, right? And, and, and even when Lot's wife looked behind her, she turned into a pillar of salt, right? We're not to look to the past. The Bible says the past is gone. Look, look forward, right? Anger ties you. I want you to see a pole like that pole right there. And you are literally tied to that pole. That means you're tied to anger. That means you want to be free, but you don't know how. Your spirit, you're not ruling your spirit, so it's like being tied 
to a pole. That pole robs you of freedom. Though you want to move away, that pole keeps you dead in your tracks, and you're not able to move away though you want to. Anger is like being tied to your past. And I know you don't want to be tied to your past. We don't want to be tied to our past. Anger is based on hurt. When you're in a state of anger, you're not in the state of God's love. Anger is based on hurt. And the Bible says that he that is soon angry deals foolishly. In other words, someone that operates in anger, God calls a fool. It's foolish. It's foolish. And undealt with anger leads to oppression. And oppression leads to possession if it's unattended. The Lord gave me that. Undealt with. So if it's an, and it doesn't have to be anger, it could be anything, right? It could be anything. It could be an addiction to something. It could be an addiction to pornography. It could be anything. But if it's left undealt with, it leads to oppression. You're oppressed. You're heavy hearted. And when that's left undealt with, it then leads to possession. In other words, now there are so many demonic spirits that are plaguing your mind and your heart and your attitude and you don't know why. And you think that it can happen to you? Do you really think? Why do you think we have to cast out spirits? And why do you think we have to cast out spirits in the church? Spirits are to be cast out of the believer, not the non-believer. I don't know what your teaching is and what your theology is, but demons are cast out of, of Christians. And if they're cast out of somebody that's not a believer, you better get them saved right away because those demons are coming back seven times. Because they have no security if Jesus is not their Lord and Savior. There is nothing that actually strengthens their heart and their mind to stay clean. Right? So demons are actually in the church and we need to cast them out. But it starts with the hurt. It starts with an undealt with hurt. It starts with an issue that you didn't allow God to touch and to heal. And then from there, you got oppressed. And your oppression lasted and grew and grew and grew. And from that place of it growing and growing and growing, now you're hearing voices. Now, you know, you're being tormented. Now you can't sleep. Now you are always angry at somebody. Now you're being so tormented. Now you're becoming possessed. It's a progression. Okay, one more thing. If you lose it, you know that you're not healed. Somebody go, well, I just lost it. No. If you lose it in that area, you're not healed. Because if the Holy Spirit, and he tells us we are to operate in self-control. If the Holy Spirit that's fully in us 100% is in us 100% of the time, he never loses it. Right? He never loses it. And so if we lose it in that area, and you know what I mean by lose it, you're out of control. In that area, you need healing. You need, to, you need to deal with it. You need to recognize it. And I believe that's what God is doing right now. Amen. I think he's, he's putting the finger right now. And one last scripture about anger, and we're going to move to anger and murder. Proverbs 22, 24 says, make no friendship with an angry man. Make no friendship with an angry man. You're in, the, it says, with a furious man, do not go, lest you learn his ways and, you, and set a snare for your soul. It sets a snare 
for your soul. Make no friendship with an angry man. It sets a snare for your soul. Yeah, it, it's important. How many of you guys know somebody that you just know? You walk around on eggshells when you're around this person. Just re I'm not going to ask you their names. Just lift your hands. You walk around on eggshells when they're, when they're around. Yeah, yeah, you walk around on eggshells. Okay, so that is so not the Lord. That is so not God. See, the enemy tries to use that scenario to actually set a snare for your own soul. But today... If, if you've experienced that and you know that that's an individual in your life, you can actually say, oh, no, I'm actually going to, I'm going to come. That's a spirit of intimidation, a spirit of timidity that comes upon you because someone is operating in a bully spirit. So that's the flip side of what we're talking about, but it does exist. And we can definitely have that healed today. Last scripture, and that's anger and murder, Matthew 5, 21, 26. Let's turn to Matthew 5, 21, 26. This is where anger and murder is actually associated as one. You have heard that it was said to an older generation, do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I say to you, anyone who is angry with a brother will be subject to judgment, and whoever insults a brother will be brought before the council, and whoever says fool will be sent to fiery hell. So then, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, my goodness, if, if the church would just abide by what the word says, we'd have a healthy church. It says, if you bring your gift to the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you, okay, leave your gift there at the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Stop acting like you're all at peace when you're not. Because you're releasing a spirit of anger and of division in the body of Christ. You're being used as an agent of Satan to bring division. It says, first go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your gift. If there's any area and any individual in this room or listening to the sound of my voice that need to be reconciled with, with a brother, whether they are in the room right now or not, then you need to get that right. You need to make sure this is the word of God. There shouldn't be frictions. It says, first go. Don't wait. Well, I'll make it. I'll do it when I see him next. First go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your gift. Reach agreement quickly with your accuser while on the way to court. And I understand not everyone is a safe person. I'm not saying to be back in a relationship with them, but we cannot be living with the spirit of division and, and, and this spirit of anger that's in the middle of a relationship, specifically and especially in the church. So reach agreement quickly while you're way on the court, at going to court, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the, the judge hand you over to the warren, and you will be thrown into prison. He says, I tell you the truth. You will never get out of there until you have paid the last penny. So this is what we're going to do right now. I told you this was a message that we need to hear. It's probably a message that you need to rehear from time to time. Because if the message causes you to change and to grow and to, and to recognize, wow, okay, then there is some work that I need to do, some heart work that I need to do, and I'm willing to look at myself, then what the Lord wanted to do today succeeded. It was a success. So right now we're going to pray. We're going to pray, and the first thing we're going to do is we're going to ask God to search our hearts and to ask God to forgive us of areas that don't please him.
You know what they are. You know and the Lord knows. So right now I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads. And let's be still right now. Let God search your heart. Be still and know that I am God, is what the Lord says. Amen? Amen. Proverbs 46.10, or, or Psalms 46.10. So we need to repent when God shows us areas to repent and confess sin. I'm going to give you a moment right now to do that. Father, search our hearts. Search our hearts and show us any area that needs cleaning up. Outbursts of anger, rebelliousness, backtalk to leaders which is rebellion and usurping of authority, which is so ungodly, and it releases such a demonic assignment against you. Jealousy, backbiting, hardness of heart, judgmental spirits, compromising in your walk, like I mentioned already, even using marijuana because you're in pain, justifying behavior. No, no, not of God, not of God. Right now, Father, forgive us. We ask for forgiveness right now. Lord, we repent of our sin, and we ask you to forgive us right now. If forgiveness is done thoroughly, deliverance will be like that. Whenever there is a struggle for deliverance, it's because the person is not fully repented yet. They're not wanting to stop what they're doing. They're holding on to it, and you can't violate their will. So when repentance is fully done, when you really are sorry for what you've done, when there's true, genuine sorrow, God, forgive me, because I broke your heart in doing what I did, yeah, maybe I was justifying it, this and that, but I broke your heart. Forgive me, God, for breaking your heart. When our hearts are truly sorry for what happened, then deliverance can come about because that right there is the true release and that is the true coming out of agreement right there. It's not just lip service. I come out of agreement. That's fine. But when the heart is right there with the words then you really truly come out of agreement. Then you really true, truly are ready for deliverance.